0: Hey there everybody, welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark Podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the only one that I would go on a highway to the Bostic Zone with. Brandon. How you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey. I've been pretty good.
0: That's good. Did you do anything interesting?
1: No, nothing interesting. Um I've been playing Resident Evil Seven on PlayStation VR.
0: Oh, I have that too. I just haven't played it much. <sighs> that shit is so scary (laughs) i hear that's like the way to play it though i
1: don't get scared at video games very often yeah but there's just something about playing this in vr that just makes it like i i just can't do it for very long (laughs) i'll i'll play a little bit yeah and then i'll just get too spooked out and i'll have to take it off the vr And play it normally to get past the scary parts. And then I'll put it back on for like the boring walking down the hall parts.
0: (laughs) For like the scenic, Mm, yes, look at this.
1: Yes, when I'm in the save room and I'm saving, I'm like, all right, it's time to go into another reality. (laughs) But then when monsters show up, I'm like, no, just boring.
0: Well, I have not done much at all. Well, I I guess that's a lie. I did get a dog last week, so she's been doing good. Is she hungry? No, she ate. Oh, that's good yeah <laughs> um other than that uh what did i do i don't think i played anything
1: that's two weeks in a row
0: you know what is it, you know what it is i think this podcast has just consumed my life i just want to like edit and i want to get home from work and edit and i just have such a fun time with it i love it i like posting on social media now and that's just what i do
1: <laughs> i've become a millennial i don't
0: i have yes so that's just consumed my life and i'm okay with it because like i said i have such a fun time with it i used to spend my lunch breaks and on reddit and i don't even like browse reddit anymore unless it's like the podcasting subreddit and i just i just post stuff on instagram and wait for people to like it <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there an are you afraid of the dark subreddit
0: yeah but there's nobody on it oh man i'll probably post something to it eventually anyway but there's like no activity on there
1: I would think there'd be like a giant mega thread just talking about Beth for months on end. She's so complex, you know? Yeah, she's really something.
0: You know, okay, so I was thinking about that too. When we said that Nanny has the highest kill count, yeah, Flint killed like 14,000 people, but let's just keep it on screen, like in episode kill count, you know?
1: Yeah, I thought the same thing today, actually.
0: (laughs) As far as on-screen kill count, The Lonely Ghost is number one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll keep this tally going.
0: Yeah. So, we got done watching episode five, The Tale of the Hungry Hounds. Uh, Normally, I say what I think about it first, but Brandon, what did you think about this episode?
1: Look, I'm just going to get out ahead of this and just say that this
0: episode was real boring. Yeah, it was. This was not my favorite episode. I don't think it's anybody's favorite episode, actually. You know, I'm going to agree with you that it was boring. It's easily the worst episode that we've watched so far. Yes. But there's some things that I really enjoyed about it. Interesting. Yeah, right?
1: (laughs) I'd like to hear those when we get to them.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, But there's, you know, this is the first episode that I watched twice before we recorded. I watched it yesterday to take all my notes and stuff. And then last night after I got out of work, I watched it again because I was like, you know, when we watch these episodes, I take it apart piece by piece, scene by scene, line by line. I take it apart. I want to be able to have somebody that's never seen the show listen to our podcast and be able to follow along just like they had seen it, you know? So I want to yeah. go scene by scene. I want to go line by line. I want people to know what's happening so that they can kind of envision it. And when I was doing that, I was like, oh, this episode, it's not it's not that bad. Um, and on then the I,
1: second watching.
0: Yeah, on the second watching, I just kind of... I I didn't dissect it so much, and I still kind of felt like it wasn't that bad.
1: You just let it wash over you.
0: Yeah. Obvi- like I said, this is definitely the most boring episode. It's the worst one, for sure. But I still yeah. don't think it was that bad.
1: No. I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. Compared to other episodes, I was less entertained, but- For sure. Like, I've seen worse episodes of TV before. Yeah, I agree. This isn't the worst thing I've ever seen or anything like that
0: all right so let's get into this episode you ready brandon
1: yeah let's do it okay
0: so the episode starts with kiki she's using her knee to break like the world's thinnest twig in half (laughs) she's this thing is seriously like paper thin and she has to use her knee to to break it in half
1: she's giving it her all man she
0: is (laughs) she hands it to betty ann who um (laughs) You can't really see it, but I'm assuming she's putting it into the campfire to start the campfire yeah, for the night. Yeah,
1: like Kiki's putting all of this effort into breaking that twig. Yep. And then gives it to Betty Ann, and her job's just to toss it into the fire. Kiki could have done that. She could have done it. She's just trying to make Betty Ann feel helpful.
0: I like to think that Betty Ann is, like, getting all the sticks nice and organized so that she can make the finest fire that she can make.
1: No, she's just throwing that shit in there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So Kiki hears the howl of a of like a beagle, like a like a hound. But Betty Ann doesn't hear anything. Down the path walks Eric, David, Gary, and Frank. They're all carrying firewood. Eric is making some chicken noises while Frank is howling like a dog for some reason.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised they get so freaked out about the sound of a dog considering there's wolves in the woods like yes. all the time.
0: Yeah, every every single episode we've had so far has this howl of a wolf and the kids are just smiling at each other. Yeah, just keep telling your story. There's like the distinct sound of a beagle, a beagle's howl, and they're just like, holy fuck, what's going on? There's a cat meowing, and they're like, let's get out of here, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so the gang's all there except for Kristen, and when David asks where she is, Eric replies, she'll be here, don't get your shorts in a knot.
1: Is that a saying? Is that something people say?
0: Uh, I think it's kind of like um, a G-rated, don't get your panties in a bunch or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's kind of like a combination of that mixed with like Bart Simpson. So Kiki says some bitchy line about how Kristen's going to be there after all the work is done because she doesn't want to break a nail. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't either. I'm hoping that Kiki just gets better in later seasons because like I said in the beginning, Uh, I like Kiki. What is Kiki's problem? I don't know. Why do you like Kiki? I don't know, man. We got, like, four more seasons of Kiki, so she probably gets better. She probably gets better.
1: Okay, so she's not one of the people who gets rotated out of existence?
0: No. Um, Off the top of my head, do you want... I mean, is it spoilers? I mean, It's not not like it has any bearing on the (sighs) show. I
1: mean, kind of.
0: The only ones that I remember that don't leave is Kiki and Betty
1: Ann. Oh, okay. The two worst.
0: Well, we haven't heard any of Kiki's stories. Maybe her stories are amazing. I like
1: Betty Ann. I like Betty Ann, too.
0: Betty Ann's cool. Gary's cool. I'm going to be optimistic, and I, I'm going to say I like them all. I think Dave's well, cool, Well, I think too. we should do, like, a rating, though. Yeah. Once we wrap up the season, like, after we get through the 13th episode, maybe the next episode we could do, like, a rating of just a bunch of different things. Yeah. Give our, our all on it.
1: A retrospective.
0: Yeah. I think that'd be fun. So after Kiki says that huge bitchy line about Kristen, she proceeds to burn her fingertips off with a match. <laughs> Like it's instant karma She, She's yeah. like Gary I'll light the fire And then she lights her, her match and instantly just burns off her finger Or yeah. instantly just burns off her fingertips It's great
1: God's like don't diss my girl Kristen
0: <laughs> Gary says he's going to have to make a rule about late comers Which probably never happens
1: Yeah what would that rule even be Like if you're late you You get banished from the
0: Spentite Society I don't know You can't tell spooky stories I guess that the kids hear the sound of a dog howling, and Frank says it was a hound dog, um, and Eric says that maybe it was Kristen, and then Frank says, uh, she's no dog. <laughs> <laughs> what is
1: he implying there? Is he trying to say, like, no, Kristen's hot?
0: Yeah, that's what I think he's trying to say. Okay. Right in front of David, who clearly has a crush on her.
1: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> It's uh, notable here that Frank is wearing a denim vest,
0: which... That's because he's a cool kid. A clear indicator that he is a badass. He's so cool. Gary and Kiki slowly look behind them. The camera looks at Betty Ann's face, then Gary's and Kiki's, and finally, a hound dog walks up the path with Kristen walking him. The dog's name is Elvis. Eric makes a terrible Elvis joke. Betty Ann says something completely worthless and is immediately ignored by all that heard it. And then Eric asks Kristen if she's going to tell her story or just scare us with the dog. To which Kristen replies, I have a tail that'll have you shaking in your little boots." And I'm like, okay, we'll see about that one, Kristen. <laughs> Is it going to have clowns in it? No, she would never tell a tale of clowns. She's spooked by yeah. clowns. She'd be shaking in her little boots. Yep, she would. She did last time with Zeebo. Remember, it happened like six times. She was like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck this, I got diarrhea, I gotta go. <laughs> so she says that Elvis is there for some sound effects. She asks David to throw the sugar into the campfire, because she can't hold a dog and throw sugar into the campfire at the same time. And the tale of the hungry hound begins.
1: I thought it was a bit of a cop-out to... Bring the dog just for sound effects. Betty Ann was doing all of the Zeebo laughs herself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Frank was doing all the buzz, like, "Ah," all by himself.
1: Yeah. Yet Kristen has to bring props to tell her story. Yeah, she does. Come on, girl, you can do better.
0: Well, I feel like every Midnight Society member has, like, their own shtick and stuff, and bringing crap for the story is Kristen's. She's like the carrot top of the Midnight Society (laughs) Yeah, she brings in props So the scene starts in the episode And we're looking at just some old crap in an attic While it's thunderstorming (laughs) outside Kristen tells us about how on rainy, shitty days Pam likes to rummage around in her musty old attic Because her mother is an extreme hoarder Which can be seen because the camera just pans through piles of rubbish
1: That sounds like a not great way to spend a day
0: Apparently she does it every time it thunderstorms outside, so...
1: God, I hope that's never... I don't know
0: where they're at, but... She must do it pretty frequently. The camera pans over to, like, a taxidermy raccoon, uh, like a wall clock, some paintings, an ugly-ass doll, just a bunch of shit. Kristen further explains that there's shit from their grandparents, their cousins, and just ancient family heirlooms. The scene continues to pan to a girl in the mirror... I'm sorry. The The scene continues to pan to a girl who's looking in the mirror. She's not the lonely ghost here. Uh, <laughs> she's probably like 13 years old. She has some long auburn hair that's in a ponytail. She's got a blue plain shirt on. And this is Pam.
1: Very plain. Plain describes her very well.
0: Yeah, she's actually played by um, somebody who's pretty famous. Named Mia Kirshner.
1: Yeah, I recognize her. Mostly from Not Another Teen Movie.
0: Yeah, she's got like a... A pretty um, pretty unique like butt chin kind of like april o'neill from the first ninja turtles movie she's got that butt dimple chin so this is pam and she calls over to her cousin amy as she puts on her grandpa's old probably moth-eaten tuxedo coat that he wore at his wedding she says
1: isn't this great grandpa wore this on at his, at his wedding
0: the actress probably got this like fucked up a few times and the director was just tired of doing like that long yeah, take. Just roll this, with it. Yeah, this has been all in one take. You know, the scanning from the start all over all of the shit to Pam while she gives her lines. So they're probably just like, fuck it. Let's just keep this in. It's the best that she's done so far. Let's just roll with it. Pam then says, just think, my mother and your father were just a twinkle in his eye. But I guess Aunt Dora came first. Um, no kid ever fucking talks like that. Twinkle in his eyes, something that, like, a 60-year-old mm-hmm. lady would say to a, a child.
1: Yeah, they're, like, speaking Shakespearean quotes yeah. back and forth to each other. They're weird kids.
0: They are. Like, so Pam is, like, a country bumpkin while Amy is, like, a city Yes,
1: c- Amy city is girl. the cool kid from the big
0: city. Yeah. So Pam calls out to Amy with, like, this concerned look on her face, even though the attic can't be that big. And then she immediately turns around to pop open a top hat and play dress up with that too. And then she gets more concerned about where Amy is and why she hasn't commented on her odd dialogue or snazzy new clothes.
1: I was thinking Amy's probably downstairs watching Arsenio or some shit. She doesn't want to be <laughs> up in the attic playing with some dusty old clothes. She's
0: probably watching MTV waiting for, waiting for her favorite music video to play that she has to just sit there and watch for like six hours until it comes on. Pam takes a few steps, and a figure in white can be seen, talking about how the wedding guests are arriving soon. Uh, It's clearly Amy, but Pam's still all scared.
1: It was still the scariest
0: part of the episode. It was... I mean, yeah, it was, probably. There's, like, another part, but whatever. Uh, Then Amy pulls the veil back from the wedding dress, and Pam starts quoting Hamlet for some fucking reason. Uh, Talking about how his father's ghost made him kill his uncle... I never read Hamlet, so... I mean, I watched The Lion King, I guess. But that's about as far enough. far to Hamlet as I've gone. Amy says she's glad she wasn't in that family, referring to Hamlet, and that she doesn't believe in ghosts, just as this horrible sound effect of wind like rushes through and blows an open box over <laughs> that's sitting it all by so itself. It is so fake. It really is. It's sitting all by itself, the top is completely opened and off, and it just spills its contents on the floor, <laughs> And I was like, if this is going to be one of those things where Pam is always up in this attic checking on this shit and she looks and she's like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this box before. When it was like right out in the open, I would have been been like, the fuck is this writing?
1: It's not too far off.
0: Well, at this point, uh, Amy's taken off like the wedding dress that she was wearing and we get a good look at Amy. She She looks a
1: bit like Kimmy Gibbler.
0: See, I said the same thing. You know what I said, though? I said she looks like a mix of Anna Kendrick with Kimmy Gibbler. Hmm. That's what I think she looks like.
1: Anna Kendrick as Kimmy Gibbler. That could be pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like Anna Kendrick when she was in Twilight, but also Kimmy Gibbler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When she was in Twilight?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Amy's got this like shoulder length hair. She's got each side pulled back into a clip. Her shirt is just the color explosion. It's like color vomit. She has a bunch of crappy plastic bracelets and rings on. uh, And she picks up a picture out of this box that toppled over. She looks at it and says to Pam, I didn't know you could ride. And Pam grabs the picture and she says, well, I can't because my mom won't let me. So the picture is of their aunt Dora and her horse Mirage
1: yeah she's not riding in the picture so so i wouldn't say oh i didn't know you could ride it'd be like oh i didn't know you could stand next to a horse
0: so the kids hear a squeak uh i thought it was the squeak of a bat it sounded like a bat to me but yeah i thought a bat like constantly yeah it sounds like a bat but it's for the story it's a rat so they hear the squeak of the rat and pam who goes up in this attic all the time according to Kristen yeah, from the sounds Jack's of it scared and wants to leave Naomi's like no way let's go over and look at it and she pulls out this giant trunk that's hidden under some clothes and on top of it it says dora Peace, 1963
1: yeah 1963 that's not even that old at this point and it looks like an old pirate's treasure from the 1700s <laughs>
0: yeah like there's like the a lock on it that it looks like it's so old, it doesn't even have the numbers on there. So I you can't really make out what you're even spinning to. So again, at this time, Pam, the seasoned attic explorer, wants to leave. But Amy, the fearless rookie, says it's probably just a mouse. and tries to open the trunk, but it's locked. There's a mouse hole on the side. Pam says, okay, this was an interesting line to me. Pam says her mother always says to let the dead rest in peace. Um, but Pam frequently goes through all of this garbage. She just played with her grandpa's tuxedo coat and top hat. I th- assume yeah. he's dead if, like, her mother has his belongings. And sh- she had no problem playing with the dead people's shit then.
1: No, it's just this
0: one chest. Yeah, she's she's constantly, like, a hypocrite in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. She's, like, dancing with dead people's bones but yeah. she sees this chest and she's like no
0: my mom said yeah she's spitting on people's graves and then she's like we can't go in that chest be- since I don't want to my mom said that we can't <laughs> play with dead people's shit Amy knocks on the trunk and asks the ghost to give them a combo to the lock so that they can let them out and then we hear uh, what I assume is Pam's mother call up to the girls telling-, telling them to get the fuck out of the attic because it's time to feed the dog like, like mm-hmm. bitch, you feed the dog. These girls are spelunking up in here, you know?
1: Yeah, it takes like two seconds to feed the dog.
0: Yeah, you just scoop out some fucking kibble and you pour it in a bowl. Just, what a lazy mom. Done. So so the next scene shows us a gorgeous summer day. Amy is dressed in these black leggings, some sort of hot pink denim short short skirt. It's like paper thin vest covering her black shirt that's tucked into her skirt. Um, she has these rad shades on. It kind of reminds me of, like, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, we, we get a good look at Pam, who is wearing this, like, sweater that I would personally like to own so that I could wear it to, like, a fancy Christmas party.
1: Uh, she's dressed a bit like a Zeb here.
0: She is dressed like a Zeb.
1: Which is kind of her thing.
0: My father-in-law has a collection of sweaters, and this sweater she's wearing would fit right into it of his i don't want to say ugly sweaters there they are but i fear that he might eventually listen to this
1: (laughs) exquisite
0: yes his uh unique sweater collection is what i'll say uh pam also has some jeans on amy asks what she does for fun around here pam takes her by the hand and they just run out of the shop they run up to a horse that's In in, in a fenced-in enclosed area, just nibbling on some grass, minding its own business. And Pam explains that their owners only come to see the horse on the weekend because they live in the city. So the horse just roams free during the week?
1: Yeah, five days out of the week, the the horse is just in this cage in the middle of nowhere. Just roam around.
0: Yeah, so he was out during the thunderstorm then. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I call animal abuse on that. These girls should probably call, like, I don't know, is it animal control? I've never had to call for animal abuse before. I don't know. It's kind of a running theme to this episode, honestly.
1: (laughs) The fence doesn't look very high. That horse could probably jump it if it really wanted to. That's true, too.
0: I mean, I would assume that there's, like, a caretaker, but just, like, because I want to be critical and laugh at it, I like to think that this horse just has free range of the world... Until the weekend's when it's being taken care of. Amy doesn't give a shit about all that at all. She just wants to know if the horse is gonna bite. It won't. Pam tells her he's just a big old baby. Pam pulls this carrot out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> she just carries carrots with her all the time. Yeah, just that, in case. It's
0: one of the. It's a carrot that's like fresh out of the ground. Um, it's long. I don't know where she kept it because she she just keep it in her pants. <laughs> She just pulls it out of she nowhere. Kept it in her ugly sweater. <laughs> I mean, that sweater was too big for her, so maybe she had it under there. I don't know. Maybe
1: he had, she has a bunch of carrots in there.
0: She just always has carrots on her. So she pulls that carrot out of nowhere and lures the poor, unsuspecting horse over. And she <laughs> attempts to steal it. <laughs> when suddenly a car rolls up with a lady laying on the horn, the horse freaks out and Pam falls to the ground. A sloppy woman... <laughs> <laughs> A sloppy woman gets out of her car and Runs over to Pam Asking her if she's alright Even though she she's the cause of <laughs> Yeah She
1: came and like Beeped that horse away <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: The one her daughter was trying to climb on Like what did she think was gonna happen
0: I don't know She basically pushed her daughter over And then was like <laughs> You okay sweetie Like. <laughs> So Amy and the woman help Pam up while the woman scolds Pam about how she's warned her never to get near those beasts as they're dangerous. Pam makes a good point saying if she knew how to ride, they wouldn't be dangerous.
1: I don't think that's a good point.
0: I guess they would still be dangerous. I think...
1: It was really shitty of her to try to guilt trip her mom about not getting horse riding lessons. How entitled do
0: you have to be? That's what kids did back then. They all wanted horses. Remember when Michelle Tanner wanted a horse? Did she want a horse? She probably did, right? Everybody wanted a horse. She wanted a pony or whatever. Everybody wanted a horse. She lives in the country. There's nothing to do. Hey, there's board games. The only fun things you got are board games and Grand Theft Horse
1: and moldy old clothes
0: yeah and rummaging through the same attic over and over and over and over again so Pam says that if you would just let me take some writing lessons it wouldn't be so dangerous and the sloppy woman looks Pam up and down real quick and just says no (laughs) she says I wish you wouldn't bring the subject up again (laughs) what yeah I listened to this so many times and that's all I could hear Pam's mom saying up to up to dup." I think she wants to say up and up again but she says up to dup
1: even up and up doesn't make sense
0: it's yeah it's dumb so she says now it's dinner time let's go home pam argues that it's safe in a ring and and that quote unquote it happened 30 years ago her mom who by the way looks like lucille from arrested development says it seems like only yesterday to me and that's the end of the argument amy tells pam to give it up and pam turns looks longingly at the horse even though she should be calling the police for animal cruelty. All right. So the next scene, Pam is sitting at a picnic table with a Ouija board and tell it's got uh, like Chinese hey, checkers, Ouija. I think <laughs> that's what I thought too. That's where they got the name for Ouija. They looked at a Ouija board. So she's looking at, she's playing with this Ouija board. She tells Amy that she needs the help because it needs two people to play. Amy understandably makes fun of Pam's living conditions about how there's nothing to do and sarcastically says what's next for fun shucking corn eventually she sits down and agrees to play since there's nothing else to do pam says that she found this in the attic that her mom and dora used to play it all the time but when she was in the attic before she looked all scared and stuff like she didn't want to be up there so i don't know is
1: everything in their house in that attic
0: yeah i guess so
1: do they have anything
0: outside of the attic We don't ever see anything outside of the attic. You know, except for the Uh, outside The rest of the house doesn't matter. It's just garbage. It's the attic or nothing. But it doesn't make any sense. Does she want to be in that attic or is she scared of it? You can't have it both ways. Well,
1: she only wants to be up there when it's raining.
0: Yeah, and alone, I guess. I don't know. The girls start to play and the triangle thing that you use with Ouija boards just starts to move on its own. I don't know how Ouija boards work.
1: I've never used one.
0: Yeah, I've never used one before. I know how they work. I mean, somebody moves it. You ask a question, and then one of whoever's holding it just moves it around to what they want it to be.
1: And I'm pretty sure you're required to say, you're doing this, right? That's part of the rules.
0: Yeah, I think it says so in the rules. Like I said, though, I've never played it before. Um, They don't even ask this thing a question, though, and it just starts, you know, moving on its own, we'll say, for the story. Amy asks Pam if she's the one moving it. She's like, no, you know, classic shit. The board begins spelling out, uh, I'm not going to spell it out. It it says let me out, (laughs) right? Yes. So Amy is an idiot and she's like, leap mount. And Pam's like, no, you fucking moron. It's spelling let me out. And Amy says it's probably that rodent calling from Aunt Dora's box. The triangle keeps moving and starts dishing out some numbers. One, four, nine. The combo to the lock. The next scene, the girls are up in the attic. And Pam, again, seems pretty scared of it.
1: Yeah, she wants right out of there.
0: She both wants to be up there every time it's storming, but also doesn't want to be up there because she's scared of it. Yeah. Amy tells her not to worry, but Pam's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> this, is, this is probably my favorite part of the episode. Amy sits down next to the trunk and asks what the numbers are. And Pam, she's been, she's been like, oh god, we gotta <laughs> get the fuck out of here this whole time <laughs> without skipping a beat after having just shown us that she's scared as fuck, says in just this excited way, 149, okay, we gotta get out of here. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's just so, she's so into it for that. That's my favorite part of the episode, too. <laughs> it's so funny. It's I don't know. It's hilarious. Yeah, but what if it's something else? Like what?
1: Now, what were those numbers? 149, look, I'm telling you this. She's like, oh, oh, we got to get out of here. I hate it up What's here. The, oh, the combination is 149. <laughs> Put it in quickly. Oh, let's go. <laughs>
0: get it open. I want to see. But, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so she says 149 and then goes immediately back to being all scared and looking around, saying she doesn't even believe. She doesn't even believe in this stuff. And Amy says, good, then you shouldn't be scared. Good point. And she enters in the digits. She enters in the digits on this combination that has no numbers on it so i don't know how she knows what she's doing but amy unlocks the lock opens up the trunk and this mouse pops up and it scares pam she's booking it the fuck out of that attic and amy pulls her right back in they walk over to the trunk and pam adjusts her belt and pants like a middle-aged woman (laughs) amy opens the trunk which lets out a bunch of smoke for some reason
1: yeah that's weird and they don't even mention it
0: no they don't at all like It's, there's a fog machine in there, and it's billowing out this smoke. Yeah. Smoking fog. And they're just
1: like, cool clothes.
0: Yeah, it's all Aunt Dora's old riding gear. They didn't even wash it off from the last time she wore it, which presumably was when she passed away.
1: So maybe those are stink lines.
0: That could be it, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, it's probably like rat poop and stuff, because the rat ate a hole through the chest, so... I would think that he's been nibbling on making a nest out of these clothes. Yeah, those
1: fumes are probably poisonous.
0: Probably is. Which could
1: explain everything that happens after this.
0: <laughs> uh, you're very right. <laughs> so, Pam's fears are just completely gone. She sees this new article of clothing that she can put on. She grabs the riding coat and she puts that shit on right away. And as she buttons it, some medieval music starts playing. <laughs> I love- for some reason. oh i love that <laughs> she looks as the soon mirror. as she
1: puts it on she looks
0: <laughs> she has this amazing look on her face and king arthur music just starts <laughs> yes. playing yeah the, the the moment she snaps the first button uh she's just taken over she looks in the mirror and her, her hair is no longer in a ponytail but it's down and it's styled like it's been crimped or something. I don't know. I'm not a hair expert. I I don't even ha- I don't even have that much hair in my head. It's pretty much no, gone. Kind of I know. Bald. We're bald and balding. <sighs> such is life. But let's talk about that music for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's such old fashioned music, and everything about this episode pretty much makes it seem like it's very old fashioned. But this, yeah. like, it's the '60s. Yes. Dora was around in the
0: sixties. Yeah, I but assume that she all the clothing
1: everybody wears and the music
0: and the chest, it's all like eighteen hundreds. It is very eighteen hundreds. The whole premise of this like second half of the episode is very that probably did not happen in nineteen sixty three, you know? I find it very hard to believe. Yeah. This music though, uh what did you think of it?
1: Uh, I thought it was very inappropriate to the tone and the scene. Yeah. But uh, I also loved it.
0: Yes! I completely, 100% agree. I agree that it is totally... It should have been in like a different episode, probably. But I loved yeah. it.
1: <laughs> it was like...
0: It was so fun.
1: Marching battle music for a...
0: For a video game or something.
1: <laughs> Some, yeah. It's
0: like it should have been on... There's like, a
1: little drummer boy playing. Yeah. A beat as she marches in her riding coat.
0: Yeah. I loved it. The I like to listen to video game music a lot and specifically I like the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era music. And I just thought that this would have fit in like perfectly with like uh like a JRPG or something. I loved it. That's Yeah. It's the music that I love to listen to while I'm at work, you know. <laughs> It just uh, makes my day go by, and I love it. It was incredible.
1: Well, add this music to your playlist.
0: I probably will. It's just so inspiring. So she slowly walks over to the window of the attic or whatever.
1: Very uh, slowly.
0: Yeah, she's at this point, Pam is now the slowest person ever for the rest of the yeah, episode. and
1: that just continues for the rest mm-hmm. of the time.
0: Yeah. So she's walking over to this window of the attic. It's It opens up. Without, you know, ghostly, magical, opens up. And she walks through it. And all the while, Amy is asking her what she's doing. And just, like, looking around like, what the fuck is happening, you know?
1: Why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I could just go back to the house.
0: She's looking around like, what the fuck? You know, where's the hidden camera? What's going on? Also, she's like, why is it night out there? It's it's fucking daytime. What's going on, you know? So this yeah. the new door window creation leads outside at night. And Amy follows Pam down these steps.
1: I think the steps look cool.
0: I think they look cool too, but I would I don't like them. It looks like steps that you would find at like a children's playground where there's like the little tiny sense of danger of like if you misstep your foot's gonna fall through it, you know? Yeah. So they're walking down these stairways and they look down at the ground which is just covered in fog. Um Amy's calling out to Pam that they should just go back. The girls walk through a forest scene. Amy is struggling to keep up with Pam, who is just walking exceptionally slow, which doesn't make any sense to me. But Amy says, it's almost time for dinner, and you should probably go back home. We gotta feed your dog or whatever. Pam looks at her for just a second and then continues on.
1: Now, this whole episode is just constant.
0: Yeah, I know what you're
1: Feeding, saying. and everyone needs to be fed. Are you hungry? Eat this. Feed that. <laughs>
0: It's a PSA for just feed your fucking dogs, guys.
1: <laughs> and your people. Feed your people and your horses. Yeah. <laughs> and your. Carrots for everyone. Your foxes.
0: <laughs> this is probably where the episode gets a little boring because Pam just is such a slow walker. She makes her way into oh, a graveyard, so which Amy sees and is just like, oh no. Amy walks in and checks out the gravestones. I think this part's kind of cool, or at least kind of interesting to me.
1: It's something. (laughs) After all this nothing, it's something.
0: (laughs) It is something. So this is where I like to assume that they're kind of in a different world. Kind of like in Lonely Ghost when they go through, well, when Beth goes through the mirror. That's kind of like its own world. This is kind of the same to me. Because this graveyard is just all gravestones of the girls' families. So... First, Amy sees the grave of Paul Peace, and then Noel Peace, and she says it's our, it's all of our family for the for a hundred years. Um, and then she reads another t- tombstone that says, "As you are, so as I; as I am, so will you be." And I was like, "Oh fuck, God, no, not another fucking riddle."
1: Oh, it's just a really long way to say, "Hey, we the same."
0: Yeah, but I was just like, "Fucking Christ, not another riddle." But thankfully, it has nothing to do with the story, and nobody mentions it ever again. Amy makes her way over to Pam, who is uh, stopped in front of Aunt Dora's grave. And she sets, like, a flower down, but it looks more like a strand of wheat to me. And then she picks up a bone off the ground and (laughs) says, my... Oh, God. So she picks up this bone off the ground, and she says,
1: Mopatine.
0: A flawless French accent. I didn't even try. I'm just, you know, I'm just that good. I hate that though I don't ugh. I hate it
1: <laughs> Yeah Cause she
0: says it like a hundred times
1: Yeah she's just She like, does she, she really does She's
0: just like Mon petit rouge. She
1: walks incredibly slowly Says Mon petit rouge Over and over
0: <laughs> again <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Amy doesn't speak a lick of French So she's like What the fuck are you talking about And what the fuck is going on
1: What is that?
0: A bone? Pam says it's a gift from the fox That he leaves her presents Amy's like that's That's nice and she grabs a bone She grabs the bone from Pam and then just like tosses it Back on the ground in disgust
1: (laughs) Yeah so much for your gift
0: (laughs) It was like my favorite part because Just like her face and just like grabbing it And just flicking it on the ground it was great Pam starts walking away while Explaining that she called it Mon Rouge her little red one The medieval music starts playing again and I'm okay with that Pam fed him every day. Amy doesn't give a shit. She's like, come on, we need to get back to Earth now. Pam ignores that, saying she didn't want the hounds to tear her little buddy apart, her little mont rouge that the hounds were ravenous for the hunt. So she let the thing out of its cage. This is where I said I liked this scene, because this is all taken in one shot. The girl's walking down. They find a log. Pam's explaining the whole thing. Amy's like, get back to Earth. This whole thing, Amy sits down on the log next to Pam while she's still talking. Whole scene is in one shot and it's probably like a minute long. And I I was like, good job girls. You know, that was pretty good. Yeah. It's still boring. It is boring. That's why I had to appreciate at least something about it. (laughs) (laughs) Pam continues saying the hounds could smell the Fox. They were going crazy. And then, and then it does, it's cut and it cuts over to Amy's face and she goes, I know the feeling. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Amy? You know what feeling the feeling of being like a ravenous hound that smells a fox. What's she talking about? Yes. Doesn't make any sense. She
1: put on a hound. In the city. Who chased Ravenous Fox's riding jacket
0: and she walked around <laughs> slowly. She's like, oh, everything makes sense now. Yeah, I know the feeling of being <laughs> starved to death and smelling something that I want to eat. And being Ravenous about it, I guess. I don't know. So Pam says she opened the barn door and Montpetit Rouge ran away the hounds were furious but she wanted to make sure her buddy was okay so she saddled up mirage before the hunt began and she set out towards her friend so if it wasn't obvious before it is now that pam has been possessed by aunt dora Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your best buddy and your mon petit rouge. And I think that might be the last time I ever have to say that in my entire life. So excited. I just want to say thank you so much for taking a listen to this, the fifth episode of our Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. We are almost halfway done with the season already, and this experience has been so much fun doing the recording on Friday mornings, the editing throughout the week. It's it's a blast, guys. It's totally a blast, and it just makes me so happy that you guys are taking a listen. You're liking it. I know that this episode in particular isn't the most interesting episode, uh, at least while you're watching it, so I really hope that you guys are enjoying our spin on everything that happens throughout it. Uh, for those Are You Afraid of the Dark veterans, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you find something new that you do enjoy about the episode. Do you have any memories about this episode? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Well, why don't you guys just let us know? Just email us, privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Do people even email anymore? Hmm. Why don't you email me and let me know? You can also find us on Instagram at presents. And each week we like to do a caption this image game with an image from the episode. And we would love to get some more people playing that game because I think it could be a lot of fun. Brandon also does a comic each week based on the episode. Usually it's like a behind the scenes or based on one of the jokes that we say. It's fantastic, and more people need to see it because it's incredible. It does a great job. We also have a Twitter, at prvt island. Uh, there we post updates on the show, when new episodes go up, just any general thoughts we have. Uh, so if you have a Twitter, make sure to follow us there. And if you're an indie podcaster like we are, why don't you go ahead and share your show with us? I would love to take a listen to that while I'm at work. If you guys are liking what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that you're using. Uh, Subscribe so that you know when our new episodes go up. It'd be so great for others to see that we're a good show, that we're worth listening to, and uh, just build some traction on getting some new viewers in here. I'd love to do some things in the future, um, giveaways, merchandise, all that good stuff. I would love to do that. Word of mouth is another huge contributor to podcast growth. So, like I said, if you like what you're listening to, tell somebody about it. Have they seen Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you think they would like the show, just go ahead and give them a little suggestion, a little little tip in their ear. Hey, these, these guys are great. They do a great podcast. Listen to them. Well, for now, I will let you go ahead and get back to the episode. Thank you so much for listening to me today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying it. And can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, guys. So, um from this point on, I'm going to refer to her as Pomora. Fair enough, yeah? Because it's Pam, but it's also Dora, it's Pomora. The explorer. Pomora. the- Well, she is a little bit of an explorer, because on the ride, something startled Mirage, and he tripped, and the horse, I am assuming, fell on top of her, and that is how Dora died. It happens. Amy tells her that her imagination is just running away from her, and that she's Pam, not Dora, but we both know now that she is Pomora. Yeah.
1: When she looked in the mirror, her hair was, like, more styled.
0: It's obvious. She was clearly Pomora from the moment yes. she- she buttoned the first button.
1: She got rid of that Z haircut and she's just beautiful.
0: <laughs> Pomora looks over and Amy just kind of follows her gaze. Both girls jump up as the camera pans to an old, ghostly looking man. Amy's looking around like, What the fuck is going on? That's pretty much Amy's character, though.
1: Well, can you really blame her?
0: No, I can't. Because I would also be like, like What, the, what
1: fuck? the fuck is going on? That's what I was thinking watching this episode. Yeah. I was like what is going on When does this get interesting
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it does I, I thought it was alright <laughs> So this creepy old man Shuffles up a bit to the girls like a zombie Saying hello Dora Well I don't remember how his voice goes But he says hello his Dora His voice
1: is like got an effect On it the same way yeah. as the punks In the last episode
0: Yeah it's also slightly modulated He says, hello, I was wondering when you would get around to doing your chores. And Pomora says, I've come to feed the hounds, Um, which is the first that we've heard that she has to feed the hounds. Anyways, the ghostly old man says, you should have fed them while they were alive. Which is a really good point.
1: Yeah, that's a good time to feed something.
0: Yeah, you don't want to feed them when they're dead. That's stupid.
1: No, that's a waste of food. Mm hmm.
0: The ghostly man says, I was all torn up when you died. He says, when I found them, they were nearly starved, which also makes no sense. Yeah, nearly? Yeah, well, it doesn't make sense. Just give them some food. Yeah. So, when she was telling her story about uh, releasing the fox, she said that she wanted to release it before the hunts began. Well, I'm assuming that she's not going to be the one to unleash the hounds for this hunt, right? It would be the hunters. So, why didn't Mm -hmm. they fucking feed the fox?
1: I don't know the dogs are starved a bit before the hunt yes so I wouldn't think it's her responsibility to feed them
0: it doesn't make any sense to me did they just not have the hunt because the fox was gone did the did the hounds still go on a hunt when was she supposed to feed them why didn't the hunters just feed them if they didn't yeah, go on? I don't the think hunt, they
1: would just leave the dogs and like forget they were there because they would have been barking the whole time they're not just sitting there patiently waiting for their kibble
0: yeah exactly it makes no sense. It's a big plot hole that I've seen, and it's stupid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, she should not be the sole person responsible for feeding these dogs. Especially when, one, there's the hunters that, if the dogs didn't go on the hunt, then they should have just fed them. If they did go on the hunt, then I'm assuming that that's, what they, that's when they find food. Also, she, 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 got, she died in the woods, so, like, I get your priority would be to find her or whatever, but also, then she wouldn't be alive to feed the fucking dogs, so just go do your, go do her job. It's not hard but whatever he says when i found them they were nearly starved and then he says the dogs leapt at him when he let them out he couldn't keep them down but he got away and that's when his heart gave out and he had a heart attack and he died pomora apologized to the old man who we later found out is named giles and he just kind of like shuffles at him like a zombie like he lurches at him yeah he also just kind of disappears from the story anyway yeah this is the last time we've seen him but first he gives the line why didn't you feed the hounds we're over 15 minutes into this episode now more than halfway and finally we're getting to the name of this episode it's like phantom cab all over again the girls run away from this crazy old man they hide in a barn pomora lights a match and then puts that in an oil lamp so that they have some light and amy asks who the guy was and that's when we learned his name was giles he was the stable keeper, and then the barn doors begin to jiggle and lock, and we get an interlude with the Midnight Society, which is probably close to or is the most useless interlude to the Midnight Society we've had yet. Yeah, there was no reason to have this at all. No, the only thing I can think is that they needed like a further explanation as to like that the door was locking because it just kind of jiggles the handle. You know, I was like, what is he trying to get in there after him? But no, David asks who locked the barn door and Kristen says it might have been Giles or perhaps any of the other ghosts from the family cemetery, which means it was obviously Giles.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's only one ghost. They only had the budget for one.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we slip back into the story and Amy's trying to open the door. The barn's now much brighter and Pomora says that she has to feed the hounds That they're trapped and starved and it's all her fault. Amy tries to talk her out of her possession. But of course it doesn't work. And Amy realizes that it's the jacket. So she tries for like a second to take the jacket off. And then never tries to take it off again. But uh, Pomora just kind of slowly walks out of her reach. Pomora stops down a hallway and we're shown that the door that holds the hounds. They're banging on it. They're clearly ravenous.
1: Yeah, the dogs are just barking constantly. And does that mean Kristen is just having Elvis barking nonstop? Because she wanted him there to do
0: the sound effects. Yeah, Elvis is also working like overtime too because um, there's like seven dogs in there. So he's got to do the barking of seven dogs.
1: Yeah, so Kristen's just like screaming the story over Elvis barking. And then Amy walks slowly... <laughs> with Pam.
0: <laughs> Alright, so they're looking down this hallway at the door. Amy tries again to stop Pomora, reasoning with the the door aside, saying she's possessed her niece. And um, Pomora says,
1: Nonsense. I have no nieces. My brother and my sister are ten years old.
0: So, at this point I'm like, Pomora understands that it's been a long time since she could go and back and feed the hounds. She looked at her own grave she knows when she died, she knows that Giles is dead, but she doesn't seem to know how much time has passed, like, overall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, she clearly knows that time has passed, because she knows all of the events that have happened. Yeah, this isn't, like, a 51st state situation. Right, yeah. So, I don't know, maybe she's just getting a little more and more possessed, and, like, she's kind of, like, reaching her end goal, and just that's all she cares about? I don't know. It seems stupid. We do know now, finally, after all this time, that Pam's mother is a twin. <laughs> Pamora slowly walks up to the door still. Well, she's slowly walking towards the door because she doesn't make it to the door. She explains that the hounds are starved before the hunt. Amy pushes her back and locks her into a stall, saying that she'll let her out when she gives up Pam's body. And that she's just going to go look for some help. Pomora tells Amy that she doesn't know the way, and that once she feeds the hounds, she'll show her. Amy questions what Pomora plans on feeding the hounds. She says, what, are you, you going to feed them me? Pomora says, no, fucking kibble, duh. Amy tells Pomora she'll go get the kibble herself and feed the stupid dogs. And Pomora points to the kibble, and Amy goes to try and find it.
1: Yes, the thrilling kibble searching scene.
0: That's exhilarating. It's probably... Mm, It's the creme de la creme of the episode. It's the exciting bits.
1: No, we already passed the high point with the medieval music. It's all downhill from here.
0: Well, it does play some more music later, but I don't like it quite as much. Deeper in the barn, there's just a bunch more shit everywhere, which just proves that hoarding runs in this family. So, sorry Pam and Amy, you guys are going to be fucking hoarders when you grow up.
1: Hoarding and feeding dogs are the only things this family cares about.
0: Uh, they have like a slight care of horse riding, even though... It has no bearing. If the horse wasn't in the story, it wouldn't be any different. No, not at all. They could have just figured out a different way for Dora to have passed away. Could have eliminated the horse altogether. It has no bearing on the story whatsoever. Pomora grabs a belt uh, or something. I don't know. There might be something like horse-related that she grabs, and she begins using it to unlatch the door um, that has her locked in the stall. Yes, very clever. Like in Jurassic Park when the raptors open the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's a clever girl. <laughs> so Amy's looking looking around for that kibble, and she finds it. And she starts dragging this gigantic bag of fucking kibble from one room to the next, uh, all while Pomora's just walking her way slowly down the hallway to let the hounds out. Amy's just begging Pomora to stop. Uh, that She's got the kibble. They can just throw it to the hounds. But she's not listening and seems just hellbent on unleashing the ravenous, starving hounds. She starts calling the hounds out by name. Bounder, Rexy, Helga, and Brutus. She says, I got something for you. And Amy's just screaming, no, don't open the fucking door. But Pomora does it anyway. And out out comes this just adorable. (laughs) (laughs) They're the sweetest looking
1: dogs. I thought when they first came out, I was like, oh, it's a happy ending. They're cute. Yes. They're not scary at all.
0: They're these small beagles.
1: But they're still intended to be terrifying.
0: Yeah. The dog that I just, I got last week, she's um, part beagle. So the dogs kind of look like the dog that I just adopted. And she's the sweetest oh, dog. that's terrifying. I know. I'm like, oh, fuck, she's going to eat me every time I look at her. Yeah. <laughs> so this. Just these adorable beagles just come out. And I think beagles are really cheap is why they use beagles. And um, I'd like to imagine that they wanted like imposing dogs, big imposing dogs, but.
1: They want hunting dogs.
0: Yeah. It would have made the story better if they were like wolf, like huskies or something, you know, something that when it's running at you, you're like, holy fuck, you know, I'm going to get up on this bale of hay, you know. Yeah. so these um this adorable stampede of beagles is uh <laughs> marching their way over to amy. it's like a
1: scene from beethoven <laughs> yeah it is. it's just just <laughs>
0: delightful it's <laughs> like they're gonna like maybe they'll topple her over but it's just to give them give her kisses you know they're just gonna lick her face amy drops the kibble shit and starts climbing up on a bale of hay um uh, the dog's trying to jump after her and she's like. She's like kicking at these dogs. Right? Okay,
1: this is actually my favorite part of the episode. I feel like I've said that like three or four times now, even though I don't like this episode like at all. But her slow motion kicks,
0: <laughs> her little, her little made, baby kicks, <laughs>
1: her little kicks made me laugh so hard. And I, can't, I can't even accurately explain why, but I just love it.
0: Well, her face is funny. It's got this ugly like shot of her, um, and it's just like not. It's not good for the actress and she's got her like a hand up in her palm. I don't know why she's doing these little baby kicks. It's, (laughs) it's adorable. So while she's kicking at the dogs, you can hear a barn door creak open, even though it was locked, but whatever. And a Fox comes in to distract the dogs. The dogs all run out of the barn after the Fox. um, And Amy is saved. The only thing is though, is that I counted seven dogs that came out of the door and when they were leaving the barn, only six of the dogs left. <laughs> so there's mm. there's still one ravenous dog that could eat. Yeah, that could eat Amy. But... You can
1: take one ravenous dog.
0: Yeah, well, but I mean, you know what? The Maybe... odds are in your favor. She probably like incapacitated one of the dogs with her <laughs> little baby kicks. <laughs> That's what happened. She looks. Uh, Amy looks around a moment for Pam before slowly exiting the barn. So sitting on a horse is Pomora. And she just rides off into the distance while some more medieval music starts playing. It's not the same medieval music, though. It's, like, a worse version.
1: It's similar. It's the same kind of 1960s medieval music.
0: Um, It starts getting a little jazzy when she starts walking back up the staircase and back into the attic. But it's not quite the same. I didn't like it as much. The attic door closes behind her. And um, you can see that outside it shifts back from night to day, which I thought was kind of cool.
1: That's how you know things are more normal.
0: That's true, yeah. Pam walks out like nothing happened and takes off the riding top. Amy's like, let's get the fuck out of this place. It's haunted. And Pam says, thought you didn't believe in ghosts. Like, bitch, you're the one that's been scared of the fucking attic this whole damn time. I don't know. She's such a hypocrite. I don't like it. Pam then says, come on, I gotta go feed the dogs. And Amy's like, hold up for a second. You Did you just say dogs? And she says, like, no, no, I just said dog i only got one and then they just like get into a little fight about it for way longer than they should have where it's just like no i didn't yes i did no i didn't and it's it's stupid and then she says who cares
1: what i said what's wrong with you
0: you know what pam who cares what i said what's wrong with you and it's probably my favorite delivered line in the episode yeah what is wrong with amy i don't know it's like she just experienced a whole different dimension
1: okay so yeah in this scene yes Is it meant to imply that Dora's still inside Pam's body?
0: No, because she takes off the riding top, so it's back to being just Pam.
1: She takes off the riding top, but is it possible that Dora has completed her transformation and doesn't need the riding top to control Pam's body anymore? Is the feed the dogs thing just Pam like still not shaking off the whole experience?
0: I don't think so. I think that... Because
1: my read of the situation was like, oh, it's still Dora, and she made a slip of the tongue, but then she's (laughs) like, oh, it's back to normal, let's just go.
0: You know what you're doing, Brandon? You're trying to make this episode more interesting than it is. (laughs) You're right. You're trying to, like... It's not gonna work. No, you're trying to, like, get a satisfying ending when we don't get that satisfying of an ending. What I think happens is that Pam feeds the hounds, even though the hounds... Okay, so... Let's go back for a second here. Let me finish this scene real quick, and then we'll, we'll get to the ending real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the girls bicker about, uh you know, if she, if Pam said dogs or dog, and I guess I can understand what you meant by the slip up there, but um you know they bicker about it for a minute. Pam walks away because she has to feed Rexy, which I thought was cute because Rexy was one of the names of the the hounds that that Dora had, right? I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then Amy looks in her pocket and finds some kibble, which I don't know where she had that kibble, but whatever. She fucking got kibble in her pocket somehow. And instead of freaking out over the whole situation, she just smiles and says, I have just the thing. And that's the end of the episode. Here's what I think is, is going on here. Okay. Like So you think that Dora um, took over Pam's body and she slipped up a little bit, but it's still Dora in there, right? Yes. Okay. I don't think that's what happens. I think it is Pam in there. Um, I don't know why she slipped up. I think it might have been just like a little like... I don't know. She's like repressing the memory of what happened or something and it just kind of slipped up. But I think it is Pam in there because she doesn't talk like when she was Dora. Her hair's back in a a ponytail. Um, She doesn't have the riding top on anymore. And she doesn't walk slowly anymore. So I think it is Pam in there. But the thing that interests me um, is that... so. It's explained by Kristen that, like, the curse is broken or whatever. Dora's ghost can rest in peace because she's not tormented by the howling of the hungry hounds anymore. But Mm. the hounds didn't eat any of that kibble. The hounds went after that fox. So does that mean that Dora's Montpetit Rouge got devoured by those hounds? Or did they just, like, go back and eat the kibble?
1: Uh, I'm gonna assume that they ate that fox.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna assume they tore that fox up.
1: (laughs) That fox got fucked up. Okay. So I guess it wasn't Dora's fault anyway, because they should have just eaten that fox.
0: If this is the only food source for the hounds, then it (laughs) is Dora's fault, because she gave the fox a head start and the the hounds couldn't find it. Okay, The kids don't really react much to the story, and then Gary tells them, that they have to feed their dogs, or they might have a bone to pick with them. And then the kid's all grown, and he dumps water on the fire, yeah. and that's the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, he wants to get out of there just as much as everyone else does, including me.
0: Yeah, he's like, let's wrap this shit up, guys.
1: He's like, that story was shit, let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's get the fuck out of here, kids.
1: If this was your first meeting and we were voting on you, I'd give you a thumbs down. Okay, let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's the end of the episode, and um, there were like, I, I feel the same way. You know, I, This is the first episode I watched twice, because I didn't trust my opinion of it the first time looking at something scene by scene is just so much different than just doing a casual view of it you know you're looking at what you like what you don't like for every single scene so maybe i thought to myself maybe because i did that is why i thought the episode wasn't so bad but upon rewatching it again last night i felt the same way i thought it was definitely the worst of the worst but there were still things in it that i enjoyed
1: what did you enjoy about this episode
0: i liked the camera work um i liked the music I enjoyed the attic setting. I thought that was cool. Kind of reminded me of um, Cabin in the Woods a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: I liked the acting from the girls. I thought they were yeah. good. Uh, the horse bits were stupid. They shouldn't have been in there. The mom didn't really need to be in this at all. I really liked the graveyard. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. So the girls like get transported to this. It's like a personal purgatory for the family, you know? Yeah. It's like the family's own special purgatory or their own special hell or something. And I thought that was kind of an interesting... I mean, it wasn't... Obviously, I'm using my own imagination to further explain it, but I thought that was pretty cool. And that's probably about all that I enjoyed, actually. The bits with the hound are definitely... Like, that's supposed to be the climax of the story, the like action-packed bits, and it's, it's pretty lame. Yeah. I liked pretty much everything except for the story itself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that's the, how you know they did a good job
0: yeah <laughs> right <laughs> that's what i liked about it so yeah uh kristen bring in that dog for the special effects and sound effects and stuff mm, it worked for me really zhuzhed up the story if you will so what did you think about yeah. it overall like i want your honest opinion now that we've covered it
1: it was boring <laughs> it was a boring episode um i liked things about it too mm-hmm. i liked the medieval music yeah. I liked the little kicks.
0: <laughs> yeah, the little kicks, yep.
1: Amy, as a character, I didn't oh. dislike. She didn't have much to do other than follow Pam around and say, what's going on? What are you doing? What is this? Stop. Yeah. Uh, She, she started out cooler. Before all the crazy shit went down, she was kind of like a less bitchy version of Beth.
0: Yes, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to add that to my likes of the episode, too. Uh, I feel like Amy got to have like a lot of character development in such a short amount of time. She went from being the douchebag friend, the DBF, to yes. um, kind of like the hero of the story. You know? I like that. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty good, actually. All with swaying Kimmy Gibbler 90s hair every time she moved her head.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, that's what I liked about the episode. The... Just scene after scene of Pam walking, (laughs) saying complete nonsense, just really dragged the episode down.
0: Just saying Montpetit Rouge all the time? Yeah, just didn't work for me. Can you see why, as a kid, I changed the channel when this one came on? Yes. Yeah, I could too. Absolutely. A child would not find this interesting whatsoever. No. I appreciate the fact that, as an adult, I can find something enjoyable about it. I don't think somebody that's seen this as a kid... They would already have the preconceived notion that they hate this episode, so they wouldn't want to try and find anything they liked in it. So, I totally understand why this is just a universally mm, disliked episode. So, the episode, The Tale of the Hungry Hounds. I don't think it was named right. I don't like it. What do you think? Really? Yeah.
1: I think this is one of the few episodes where it seems like it has a pretty fitting name. I mean, this whole episode was about hungry hounds
0: um i would argue that feeding animals is a a major theme of the episode but yes they don't talk about these specific hungry hungry hounds (laughs) until 15 minutes in or so
1: all right what would you think is a better name
0: i think that this should be called like the tale of animal cruelty
1: (laughs) it's a bit bit wordy
0: you think so um yeah
1: i thought maybe the tale of the stinky
0: coat <laughs> the tale of Rouge Yeah, that's that would turn make me turn the channel faster than <laughs> <laughs> anything else. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that shit? Turned, <laughs> turn back on like Dexter's Lab or whatever the fuck was on.
1: Omelette du fromage.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With my luck, it'd be that episode. <laughs> um, you thought this episode was gonna be about board games and. You weren't wrong. There were board games featured. When I seen those board games, I was like, "Oh yeah, there we go."
1: <laughs> That's kind of it's kind of crazy to me. Like, I I wouldn't say I was close. This no. episode wasn't about hungry hungry hounds, but I mean, it did featured a board game element. Yeah, to when, progress the plot, like no other episode has had that. Yeah, so.
0: So good on you, man. I'm going to
1: call that a victory.
0: Yeah, I think so. The next episode is called The Tale of the Super Specs. You hear that name, and what do you? What kind of episode do you think that's going to be?
1: That sounds like it's a pretty classic case of you put on glasses and yeah. see something that you don't see when you take the glasses off.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's my guess.
0: That's a good guess, yeah. It sounds to me... Like you're probably gonna be right.
1: <laughs> yeah. That that name is that name's not very ambiguous.
0: No, it's not.
1: Not it's not like laughing in the dark, which
0: Could have been anything. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna know what I remember about this episode? What is it? I remember when I would see that it was on, I would turn the channel. <laughs> oh
1: god, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Shit. No, that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna suck.
1: <laughs> oh man. That's what you said last time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Hopefully it's like right. that bad. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty Yeah. I'm looking forward to it though, because um I remembered like a smidgen of this episode like once I started it. And I'm I don't think I remember anything of the next one, so I'm That's looking exciting. I'm looking forward to it, uh, in the hopes that I was wrong again that I didn't just prematurely turn the channel. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I'm tired, man. I've been up all night again. It's like every week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you need to get some sleep, damn it.
0: You do too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm going to bed, man. I'll talk to you next week, okay? Yeah, I'll see ya. See ya for the tale of the super specs. Goodbye everybody.